Hi everyone and welcome to another episode of Living on Blockchain. Today we are speaking to Prakar from Metasky.ai. Uh, Metasky is a B2C, B2B platform uh, basically for companies. They host campaigns uh, to improve engagement in the communities and for the users themselves. It creates a safe space for users to discover these campaigns and actively engage in these communities. They are actively working on utility-based uh, NFTs as well. And uh, we touched a lot upon that in this conversation. If you're somebody who's working on uh, the next big NFT project, uh, which is rooted in utility, then this is a conversation for you. Uh, I can't wait for you guys to hear this. Let's deep dive right in. Okay, thank you so much for making the time to speak to me today. How are you doing? Hey, Trisha, I'm good. Thanks for having me today. Awesome. For our listeners, can you tell us a little about yourself and how you got in this space, uh, your journey so far in Web3? Yes. So yeah, uh, just to uh, start off, my name is Prakash Sharma. I have been in crypto blockchain Web3 space for eight years now. So mm -hmm. the journey for me started while, you know, I was in college. Uh, and, you know, I, I I took a couple of courses in economics while I was in college and during the classes I used to study that there are different monetary and fiscal policies uh, with which different central banks uh, design their policies and other things and on the mm -hmm. other hand I saw that you know there is this sort of a new currency that is coming in where the monetary and fiscal policies are something which is baked into it as a code so this was right. you know back in 2014 and I got to know about bitcoins so and that was something that caught my attention. Uh, from there, I uh, like did a sort of a healthcare tech startup, ran it for three years. Uh, in 2017, it got uh, acquired by Enter Health, which is a Canadian healthcare CRM company. Um, after okay. that, I briefly briefly worked for Deutsche Bank, where I was uh, trading in different uh, OTC derivative instruments like IS swaps, inflation swaps, futures options, and other things. So there, mm -hmm. you know, I got a first-hand experience of getting to know the nuances of what goes behind our investment bank. Uh, right. But uh, at, and at that time, I authored a white paper on internal trade reconciliation and settlement using blockchains. But, you know, just mm -hmm. because uh, financial services uh, is an industry which is very heavily guarded by rules and regulations, I, was, I didn't got an opportunity to deploy it. So at that okay. particular time, I also got to know that, you know, there are a couple of guys in Bangalore who are, you know, trying to build a sort of a uh, Indian stable coin. So mm. this was a sort of a bizarre idea uh, in 2018, but like it was intriguing right. enough to see that, hey, there are people who are, you know, thinking about this particular approach. So even though that right. particular idea did, didn't flew by, but uh, I ended up joining CoinSwitch as a, uh, Okay. one of the early members in their engineering engineering team when the company was just okay. four or five people. So CoinSwitch started more like a global cryptocurrency exchange aggregator. Uh, and mm. uh, then uh, the 2019 bear market came, uh, Bitcoin was again down to $4,000 and uh, like there was no volume in the market. So we tried out a couple of different products. We made something which is called CruxPay that you can say that was a very high, highly inspired from UPI uh, because like the main okay. thesis was at that particular time doing transactions was very difficult. Uh, so, mm. you know, what UPI did for doing bank to bank transactions, we wanted to do it for crypto so that the ease of transaction become more seamless. Uh, 
so we, we did it for a while then in 2020 when the market started recovering we start, we started seeing volume going up across the exchanges uh, then we thought that instead of flow, like you know spreading out ourselves thin across multiple geographies why not just uh, concentrate in india so then launched a coin switch kuber which was like a india specific uh, exchange uh, scaled it to like 12 million users uh, within a span of 10 months so yeah that was uh, like sort of uh, one of one of the great learning cycles for me to develop a particular product which is very native to the industry and scaling up it uh, with a rapid pace uh, then you know um, mm. like it started looking more like a casino where that you know people were coming yeah. in buying cryptocurrencies without even getting to know what those things are and so yeah. at that time i uh, thought of stepping out and uh, st- uh, start uh, metasky in metasky right. one of the core premise and the focus is to uh, be more technology first as opposed to financialization first so maybe okay. like one of the good or bad thing about blockchain as a technology is that here the financialization of the technology uh, happened way more quicker like here the technologies was was still not in the correct place still the sort of financialization that happened around this particular technology was very rapid like if we draw parallels mm-hmm. to ai as a technology like the technology took like 25 30 years to build it and now it is the time when retailers are coming in and putting their money uh, but you know in mm. blockchain and in crypto the st- the story was like exact opposite so in metasky we thought of building those crucial infrastructure which very well right. cement the point that why we need web3 as a technology and later on bring the financialization part so tactically in metasky we have developed a infrastructure that helps okay. uh, communities brands to run interoperable uh, sort of loyalty programs through this uh, brands creators uh, like di- develop different sort of tactics to monetize uh, onto their fan base or the communities that they have formed around their offering or onto or around their products okay this is very interesting in your journey has been quite extensive as well so you know you very organically uh got into perhaps the fintech space first and then into web3 and now you're building something on your own so can you uh, for somebody who perhaps has never used metasky can you perhaps give a flow uh, of how the user experience looks like yeah so it's a it's a two faceted uh, sort of a user experience one like right. on one side we have brands as well as you know creators uh, who can use uh, use come to a platform and develop certain experiences for their community so this particular mm. piece is called metasky studio so this is the okay. place uh, where a brand, a brand or a creator comes in and if let's say they already have different sort of socials like instagram or twitter or maybe if they have already launched a sort of nft collection they can come in and import these existing collections or plug in their socials directly so first thing that we do is like populate the whole uh, sort of a uh, user base that uh, these creators or the brands have across these uh, different social networking sites uh, and through this we give them a view of their community that how is their engagement looking like right like who okay. are their top 1% of the most engaging user than the 5% and then 20% then the next right. step is that based on this particular information uh, they either end up launching an nft collection or maybe a membership pass 
or maybe a sort okay. of a ticketing of their IRL event. There are multitude of mm-hmm. experiences that can be created by them. And once these yeah. things, so all of these things, uh, like even though these are called a membership card or a ticket, these are NFTs behind the scene. It's up to the right. brand whether they want to open it up to their audience that, hey, there is a crypto or NFT play behind the scene. Uh, or if they choose yeah. that, you know, they still want to call it a membership pass, it will work very seamlessly. The second thing that we have uh, sort of innovated in this particular space is build something which is called a utility marketplace. So utility is something which in turn is going to drive the valuation of NFTs going forward. The first sort of a wave of NFTs that we saw where we saw a lot of PFP collections, you know, going out for millions of dollars and a lot of sort of scams going around these particular collections as well. I think in my opinion, that particular market won't return ever. Right? Definitely there mm. would be some premium premium PFP collections coming up from strong brands, uh, celebrity creators and all these things. But the sort of a craziness that we saw uh, last to last year, it's difficult to, you know, uh, it's difficult it to that, that sort of yeah. a market will come, come in. Right. The next wave of NFTs would be very much utility driven. So we have developed mm. something which is called a utility marketplace. So this is a sort of a B2B marketplace where the cross collaboration when it comes to utilities can happen. So in this particular utility marketplace, we have Web3 IPs like Goblins, uh, uh, like even uh, a sort of a couple of IPs uh, who are derivatives of uh, Board AP Yacht Club. Those are listed onto a marketplace. And on the other side of the spectrum, we have uh, Web2 brands like KFC, uh, Marriott, uh, Starbucks, uh, which come mm-hmm. in and do collaboration with these uh, uh, Web3 creators or Web3 brands around it. So uh, anyone who is coming in, creating their NFT collection uh, can, with a couple of clicks, uh, integrate these utilities onto their offering. So that is mm-hmm. that is the part where, you know, in a way you sort of create a sort of, sort of a product which hmm. has a really good utility, very easy to use. And the third part right. is now the distribution, like how you take this particular sort of offering and give it to your uh, users across socials, across IRLs and all these other places. So this is where we have launched something called Bounties. So Bounties is a place okay. where you can design small gamification loops that work on socials. Mm-hmm. By socials, I mean, like you can have a certain sort of a mini gamification loop on Twitter, on Instagram. We have Discord bots where you can do any sort of a uh, like a mini game tournament within your Discord and the sort of engagement and uh, the distribution that you want to do of the assets that you have created can be done uh, within Discord itself. So this is the first part, which is called the studio, uh, sort of an orchestration place for uh, where the creators as well as brands come in and design their whole campaign as well as execute and monitor it. Onto the other hmm. side, we have something which is called Sky Club. So Sky Club is the place where uh, the end users come in and ingest all the experiences that are created by the by the club. So on and on, it looks like that uh, if let's say your brand is giving out a sort of a bounty campaign or maybe a sort of a raffle in which you can get NFT tickets or certain sort mm. of a experience that unlocks stores using the NFTs, then Sky Club becomes a sort of an interface through which these things can be can be done really easily. Wow. 
okay so this is interesting because your platform has both a b2b side as well as a b2c side and you know you've kind of covered how the next wave of nfts would be more utility driven so uh, now i have two questions and i'll take it one at a time when you have a platform which is uh, b2b driven as well as b2c driven that kind of creates a chicken and an egg problem uh, right like you know the, you'll get these platforms to create perhaps bounties and all of these uh, journeys on your platform and uh, how how do you perhaps encourage the users to engage with those bounties that 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 kind of creates a loop uh, so a how has metasky in terms of creating a community of engaged users as well as making sure that uh, the businesses are getting a, a you know good result after creating a campaign here yeah so in terms of uh, our go to market strategy till now we mm-hmm. have taken a more of a b2b2c approach we are okay the the brands who come in and make the experience using a studio they are the one who go out and distribute these things uh, within their communities right so okay. it is not uh, like where someone discovers a sky club and come in and look for that hey what are the bounties that are giving given out it is more about that you are already a part of a community or a sort of a right. engagement loop of a particular brand and through this hmm. particular brand they discover sky club so currently we have close to uh, around 282000 uh, monthly active users so these span okay. these all these users span across uh, 32 brands that are currently using our services wow that's brilliant so now coming to the second part of uh, you know what you had said earlier and i wanted to ask about was uh, how you feel strongly that uh, nfts with a utility uh, would be part of the next wave so can you give us some good examples of uh, you know some projects doing that who have successfully been able to do that so far yeah so uh, see like i think like if you start from the top one necessity with mo- most of these startups as well as even the big brands have is to have a hmm. healthy cac to ltv ratio right and when right. when it comes to ltv loyalty programs have been something which has been i think there for the last 10 15 years some of them are performing brilliantly like you know most of the airlines they have a uh, sort of a program which works really well but on the other end of the spectrum around like 90 to 95% of these loyalty programs are not working anymore and this right. is just because that there is a abundance of loyalty programs uh, that are out there in the market right so for a normal user perspective Uh, it is that they are exposed to around 17 different loyalty programs at the moment right a mm. single user exposed to 17 different loyalty programs and most of the time it is that that they themselves forget that they have to go and maybe they have a coupon code that could be applied in a particular situation so the engagement right. rate for most of these loyalty programs are below 50% at the moment right and this is mm. mostly ha- happening because most of these loyalty programs are pretty much fragmented right and they have a sort of a long tail of low activity users so these are the users who just sign up and then they are just over there but not interacting with the program anymore most of mm-hmm. them are not most i think all of them are in a closed ecosystem and just because they are a part of a closed ecosystem they have sort of they face a lot of complexity when they want to scale these particular uh, partnerships right so what web3 has to offer is a sort of a 
very eased out interoperability across this. So I'll uh, take an example of a couple of brands uh, that are working with us. So in India, uh, we work with a couple of record labels. And over here, I'll uh, mention uh, this record label called Azadi Records. So okay. last, I, I think last to last year, um, they launched a new album, uh, which is called Nayab. And this whole particular experience was done through a sort of a NFT-based ticketing, NFT-based uh, sort of a community engagement and all these other things. So even till date, like one and a half years after the launch of the album, we are seeing a very healthy sort of a secondary market of these NFTs, right? And the reason why there is a he very healthy secondary market is because these are the artists who in turn now know that what the top 1% of their community looks like, right? So they yeah. know that these are the people who have, you know, done something extra to get in front of them uh, by, you know, buying these NFTs, engaging with the community and all these other things. So these people get a very sort of a great and in-depth experience whenever they attend any of these concerts or after party or if they have any specific brand deals. So very recently, this same record label, they tied up with uh, Nike and dropped uh, Air Force One shoes labeled with the right. um, music label specifically for these audience, right? So from a brand perspective, they know that, hey, these are the top, but by brand, I mean, brands like Nike, Louis Vuitton, and the top-end brands, they know that, hey, these hmm. are the top 1% of the user who in turn are willing to pay for an extra and exclusive experience around this particular IP, right? So right. from a Nike, like Nike or a Louis Vuitton perspective, they see a 60% or a 70% conversion rate coming out, out from this top 1%, which is sort of unheard for these sort of a brands in a market like India. Right. So right. this is yeah. this is a sort of a monetization opportunity, uh, not just for the brand, but even for the artists who are, you know, the part of the record label as well as the end audience. So one another sort of a piece over here is that uh, in whenever there is a secondary trade happens, fifteen percent of the, the proceeding or the principal value of the secondary trade goes back to the artist right and okay. uh, right. and in the in, in the last one one year this particular collection has done a secondary market trade of around 1.2 crore rupees so from wow. a artist perspective it is like getting a additional income of 20 25 lakh rupees just by spending some extra time with those people who really like their art and music and all these other things so like this is one of the examples that we saw in India. We also work with a lot of uh, uh, like a, uh, animation houses in Japan. So these are the studios who in turn are sitting on really good IPs, which are like 40, 50, 60 years old. And, you know, it contains uh, uh, like anim animation houses like uh, Tori Animation, the one which is behind One Piece, uh, Bandai Namco, uh, which is behind uh, a Pokemon. So... Hmm. What we have seen, so so we, we went over there and uh, like had the launch of a, one another IP, which is called uh, Tanuki. So it's a sort of a whole ecosystem uh, called Tanukiverse uh, built around this animal, which is called Tanuki, which is also sort of a 
god uh, in Japanese folklore. So this particular IP got built up very organically. They launched a membership pass for their community. And there is a particular shrine uh, in uh, Yamanashi region, uh, where, you know, which is dedicated to Tanukis. And what we saw over there, that one of the local breweries, uh, which was in a sort of prevalent in that particular region itself, just because uh, they in turn recognized Tanuki as a as a figure, they launched a beers uh, with sort of a Tanuki IP label around it. And all of a sudden, they saw their distribution in Singapore, in South Korea, in in, Jap- in Japan, in Australia. And for a small sort of a brewery sitting in a village in Japan, getting this sort of a global exposure, just because they in turn tied up with this particular IP. Uh, this is like one another example where the cross collaboration across brands towards using a particular distribution mechanics of NFTs becomes very, very prevalent. So this becomes more like a win-win scenario, not just for the IP, but also for the peripheral businesses who in turn, uh, you know, want to engage uh, with the sort of community around these IPs. So, uh, so yeah, uh, like these are uh, some of the examples and uh, like, I'll just highlight a couple of points that why this mechanics work really well mm. in a web three scenario and not it because like most of these things can be done in a web two fashion as well. And it has been happening as well, like the cross brand collaborations and other things, but what specifically happens in web three is that for an end user, there is an exit scenario as well. So it means that right. if let's say I'm buying an NFT and maybe six months down the line, I see that, Hey, this is not the community where I belong, or maybe I don't have time to, you know, spend, and go and engage with the community, then I get an option to make an exit by listing my NFT onto a marketplace, right? So I get a, as a, as a buyer, I get an immediate liquidity and from a community or a brand perspective, the top 1%, 5% of the tier always remain fresh. So it means that mm. whenever this top 1% needs to get a good activation, they see activation rate of 80, 85% coming from the top tier of 1%, 5% of any community. So this in turn gives a much more dynamic feedback onto the cross-brand uh, collaborations that happen uh, in this scenario. Wow. This is very, very interesting. And, uh, you know, you've been able to successfully basically cover the niches and uh, get the brands engaged uh, in uh, in this entire process. Uh, and these are Web2 brands traditionally. How much of a challenge was it to, uh, you know, get them on board? Yeah, see, uh, like I think just because the industry is new, uh, there are two levels that I think anyone who is operating in the industry has to go through. One is like putting a case for Web3 and blockchain as a technology, right? So what we have seen that uh, like, like currently the market has been much better, but especially in the last year as well as a bit of a year before, the first challenge was to defend blockchain as a technology and its utility to the brands which are very traditional in their thinking, right? So that is the phase. Like yeah. I think in the in most of the first meetings that I have gone through, it was more about defending uh, blockchain and Web three as a technology. And after that, yeah. maybe you get a chance to pitch your product, right? So uh, yeah. one thing that 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 worked for us is we is that we focused on KPIs which in turn 
is something that all of these brands recognize so we own kpis like right. increasing increasing the ltv or maybe like cutting mm-hmm. down on cost of running their existing loyalty programs cutting down the time in terms of cro- closing cross brand deals so these are the things uh, you know uh, where we learn to speak in their language right and after that maybe right. we can put in the proposition that hey this is the longer road map that you can go through in terms of the interoperability and all these other things so in that respect the the whole industry is pretty new at the moment and uh, even though we have seen certain success stories coming from big brands but in terms hmm. of the utility experienced it will be mostly the mid tier going brand, uh, growing brands that will see the most utility coming out so even though like the loyalty program of starbucks made the most news but when it comes to hmm. the numbers i think uh, last year uh, the whole starbucks odyssey program made a revenue of around 1.6 million dollars and if we look at the total revenue generated by starbucks it's like 32 billion dollars so for a from a brand perspective making someone making a 32 billion dollars in revenue trying to put a case for a experiment which has done a 1.6 billion is something that they won't take it seriously but when it comes to the small or maybe a mid size growing brands where they see a immediate push hmm. in the dis- distribution like in our case we were successfully able to put a local brewery onto a global map right so and this happened right. within the within within a matter of 3 to 4 months so this is something which was sort of a life changing sort of a growth for this particular brand so in our experience hmm. it, it will be more like the new age uh, mid tier growing brands that in turn will hmm. adopt the second generation of these loyalty programs and after that when this right. particular sort of a uh, market will become much more stronger and streamlined uh, then we will see a sort of a mass adoption from big brands right i do agree about how you know you have to sort of speak their language to make sure that the value proposition is being conveyed clearly what happens is that um, that this is just my perspective i think web 2 and web 3 ultimately you you know you're building a business and um, the principles and the fundamentals of running a business they remain the same across the spectrum no matter what what your niche is what your space is and as long as you're able to convey the value there's no reason why these brands perhaps wouldn't utilize a service that's only going to help them yes that's right so uh, now that brings me to another interesting uh, you know facet of your platform called sky wallet can you tell us a little more about that yes so sky wallet um, is the user interfacing part so okay um, so so in this uh, one thing that I, i think this is a playbook that i learned from point switch that if we make the user interface so easy uh, that you know the end user don't even get to know that what's the technology play behind the scene that is where the magic right. happens right so right. in coin switch also uh, we were able to onboard a lot of users from tier 2 and tier 3 cities right so uh, right. and this is and this was this was just happening because we were able to build a infrastructure or a user experience which was very near to the already existing apps that these users are using like like swiggy and amazon and all these things so the same thing uh, mm-hmm. that we did it for uh, metasky as well uh, and i think one of the big challenges uh, 
in Web3 at the moment is to develop a sort of a secure and a easy to use wallet, right? Even though right. there have been yeah. so many, like I think more than 2000 wallets out there, but yeah. still there is a compromise. Each and, yeah, problem remains. Like yeah. nobody wants to like write down a 12 word or a 24 word feed phrase just when they're logging in for the first time. Uh, so, so when we started uh, tackling this particular challenge, uh, we took a approach where for the advanced users, uh, we give them an option to log in with their existing wallets. So it means that if let's say uh, that you are already in the Web3 space, holding a couple of NFTs, holding a couple of tokens, then you don't need to create a new token. It's just about you plug in your existing wallet and then the whole sky wallet becomes a sort of a new sort of user interface around, uh, around it. For, for those users who are getting in for the very first time, we give them uh, experience which is very, very close to like making an account on WhatsApp or something like that. Like you just put in your phone number or hmm. email ID, get an OTP, set a pin and you're good to go, right? And another thing that right. we did is to abstract out the uh, complexities when it comes to multiple blockchains, right? So nobody wants, nobody currently in our experience uh, says that, hey, I don't want to buy this NFT because this is on this XYZ blockchain. Or, you know, I want to buy this NFT hmm. because this is on this specific blockchain. So I think uh, hmm. the choice of blockchain would become more of a developer's choice that, you know, based on the use right. case and other things, uh, they will figure it out. Uh, and it, I think going forward, it won't be the concern of the end user that where the end settlement layer is, right? So... Absolutely. Uh, so what we did is that with a single uh, login interface, uh, we hmm. had this exposure to multiple blockchains and we kept the user interface exactly the same across these blockchains. So, so we have done campaigns on Mir, on Ethereum, on Polygon, on uh, ASTAR and so many different blockchains. And most of the users don't even get to know that hey, there is a shift in blockchain and all these other things. So that was one. Second, yeah. we made, we very consciously made the UX in such a way that it attracts those people who want to drive a utility out of NFTs instead of you know those users who want to come in and flip the NFTs. So we very consciously hmm. didn't put any sort of a, a like a green or a red label that hey whether your portfolio is up or down and all these things, but we more focused on the utilities or the benefits that you get out of the NFT collection that you have at the moment. So as soon as you log in, the first first sort of a ribbon that you will see is that out of all the NFTs that you are holding, what are the total number of benefits that are available to you at the moment, right? The second right, thing right. is that you go with an NFT and then you see all the different benefits that are listed, particularly to that particular NFT. And this is not just the viewing layer, but this is also a sort of a redemption layer, right? And the main focus was, again, right. to make this experience so seamless that most people won't even get to know that there is a sort of a blockchain or NFT play behind the scene. And to test out this particular hypothesis that whether, you know, we have made it, uh, you know, easy enough or not, we recently did a, did a campaign with a government of Madhya Pradesh where... Uh, it was okay. like a government, government scheme where uh, like government distributed certificates for 
certain students who graduated from a particular program. So there were, I think, around uh, like 60,000 uh, students across 22 dis districts in Madhya, Madhya Pradesh. And we gave them digital certificates, which are essentially NFTs, using this infrastructure. Mm -hmm. And we were successful, able to, you know, get a really good sort of a numbers from this particular campaign. So this gave us a sort of a uh, validation that if we can go towards like the district area in or a block area in India, and if we are able to get the user set up the wallet, go claim an NFT and go and interact with the utilities, then I think we have abstracted out the complexity uh, when it comes to uh, setting up the wallets and uh, uh, engaging with it. Yeah, absolutely. I think that is the way forward. Like the user experience has to be decluttered to an extent that, like you said, they don't even know that there is there is an NFT or a blockchain play here. And they're using it because it solves a problem for them. Yes. So uh, moving on from perhaps and zooming out from your product a little bit uh, and talking a little about the industry at large. Yesterday uh, was very exciting for uh, the entire community with the Bitcoin ETF. Uh, and the spot ETF getting approved, uh, like 12 of them got approved by the SEC. Do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, so I think this is a great move. Uh, and I think it is going to benefit the whole industry in a long run. First of all, it will give confidence uh, for the retailers to invest into this asset class with much more confidence. And uh, now as I think the biggest brands in the globe are behind running these ETFs, so this in turn will, like, I think, make the whole space much more secure. So all these exchanges and uh, other things which were like not legal or maybe like they were not secure enough, those sort of exchanges will weed out. And for most of the retailers, as well as I think institutional investors, now they have a very clear cut approach of uh, getting an exposure to Bitcoin as asset class. And what is going okay. to be interesting going forward is how the liquidity is going to be managed. Like uh, if right. we see that like behind most of these ETF, uh, Coinbase is the one which is uh, going to uh, do the finality in terms of providing liquidity in Bitcoin. So right. uh, de definitely there will be like, if not in this particular week, in near future, there will be days where billions of dollars will flow in in a single day to buy uh, these right. uh, buy bitcoins so yeah. Yeah. Uh, like because of the construct there is a t plus 2 settlement date but it will be really interesting to see that uh, that how this sort of a liquidity in bitcoin uh, is going to be uh, available and i think another interesting thing is that now we are seeing a couple of staking solutions that are coming on top of bitcoin uh, as a Hmm. on top of bitcoins right so how uh, these staking solution will face the externalities that will emerge from the liquidity demand of bitcoins so but definitely on yeah. and on it, it it has made the whole ecosystem much more vibrant as well as you know much right. more exciting and open for everyone to join in absolutely i think uh, it seems like uh, a long time coming and everybody is pretty jazzed about how uh, it has come through. Uh, everything has its pros and cons and uh, we'll, we are happy to watch it play it out. But uh, this seems like, a, you know, just a step forward, a massive leap forward, perhaps. 
and uh, that is what is interesting uh, to me yes exciting days ahead yeah absolutely so uh, you know this has been such a wonderful conversation and uh, prakar i don't want it to end but uh, obviously a short on time so i would i would love to ask you uh, what is the next big milestone for meta sky what are you looking at uh, in terms of your product or in terms of revenues what is that big milestone that you're looking at yeah so i'll you know uh, like answer this in two steps one is more on a product huh. side another is on the market side so in product side uh, we are uh, going to launch a sort of a, a npc uh, version of a wallet so uh, okay. definitely from a user experience it, it's not going to change a lot of things but from a internal management perspective it is going to make the whole uh, backend much more clearer and it in right. turn is going to give a lot of control to the end users in which in the way in which they want to live their journey within the metasky infrastructure uh Hmm. second second part is that uh, currently we have around 22 different brands on utility marketplace uh, we have hmm. in line a couple of really exciting partnerships coming in so we will be looking at somewhere around 100 different uh, 100 brand partnerships by the end of this particular quarter so uh, wow as 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 we grow on the utility marketplace side even on the demand side we will see a lot more usability coming from uh, the new brands creators who will launch nft collection membership passes through us so these are the two things uh, on the market side uh, like we have got a like a sort of a good year in japanese market last year so we okay. want to have a much more better stronger position in that market uh, as well as from there expanded to south korea because like these two market hmm. have a sort of things in common when it comes to the user adoption as well as the sort of sentiments that these markets hold uh on india side uh, like I, like i would be very happy if from a regulation perspective it becomes more friendly towards uh, the crypto companies as well as the the people who are operating in this particular space because the more confidence the regulators provide the b- better it will be for the brands to go out and uh, like accept blockchain as a technology and web3 as a technology so yeah so these are the uh, from a market standpoint these are the two areas that i'm really excited about wow brilliant this is uh, you know npc wallet is uh, is obviously a leap forward in your tech and uh, it will enhance the user experience even without them really knowing it uh, so th- that is wonderful to know and in terms of your partnerships i i think that is a formidable number that you know you've mentioned so uh, honestly like more party you guys and what you're building i think uh, everybody should be excited about what you guys are building simply because you know you're able to uh, acquire the users as well as the brands and uh, uh, that that is intensely valuable i think so now before i uh, wrap this up and believe me i really don't want to because uh, this is this has been a very insightful conversation a very clear concise way uh, that you know you put your thoughts forward uh, is is interesting uh, but we we do have to wrap this up so i would like to ask you the last question that i ask everybody who comes on the show uh, you know you made a journey yourself from web 2 to web 3 and uh, if somebody was uh, perhaps ruminating on a similar uh, dilemma what would be your two suggestions to them uh, for them to start living on blockchain uh 
first of all uh, read a lot like this is a space right. where uh, you know even if i miss out on my reading for two weeks i feel that i'm so left behind so i think reading yeah, is something yeah. which is a sort of a i i would say the most sorted out skill needed in this particular ecosystem and uh, absolutely uh, and one another thing is when you read also write because it's a, the 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 best thing that web3 as a technology has produced are the really helpful and warm communities that are you know around the protocols and in general mm. in totality because if we mm. if you honestly see like we have came a long way to launch a bitcoin as a etf but uh, right. like i think governments across the globe in some or the other way try to shut it down like i think yeah. uh, the people who are operating in this particular space have been you know sort of labeled as a scamster or criminals and all these places but still the collective yeah. strength of the community is something which you know made bitcoin as a etf possible so uh, that is where writing is important to give it back to the community and i think there is space yeah, for everyone in this community so no matter what your background is you should definitely try to get a foot into this particular uh, technology or a revolution or the community whatever you have to call it because there is a space for everyone over here uh, so i think like first of all i keep the things very simple like there will be jar- jargons that uh-huh. that in turn will be sort of uh, scary to tackle at the first 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 stance but on and on uh, like from a first principle perspective uh, the things that are going on over here is something that can be like understood pretty quickly so just to sum it up uh, read and write these are the two things which are very yeah. very important in this particular industry absolutely are there any recommendations for what they should these guys should be reading like that you would like to drop right now yeah so uh, i think uh, one place to start is the blog section of a16z crypto so uh, one thing that right. i really really like about the writings over there is that they start from a very sort of a general observation that i think most of us uh, will in a way get in line with and then they go in depth to such a extent that they also talk about the nitty gritties of the technical details and everything so it provides a spectrum for the readers to read to an extent where they feel comfortable and find a space uh, where you know they can look at this particular spectrum and go deeper into it so that is one another is uh, multicoin multicoin is one another vc which writes really well uh, in right. this particular do- domain and uh, uh, like uh, yeah i think uh, and also like some when i started my journey one book that really helped me was uh, introduction to bitcoin uh, like which was more right. of a, a sort of a I, i will now call it a social social political book with a technical angle but it was a really hmm. uh, great read which in a way uh, converted me uh, but the thing about books in web3 is that they get outdated really fast so the next set of books that uh, are currently in my reading list that on 23rd of january there are two books that are being uh, launched or published by a16z one is on hmm. specifically on on nfts uh, and right. another is by chris dixon himself which is like more of a general commentary of uh, what is going on in the ecosystem 
so yeah so anyone who is planning to start uh, this particular year i think these two books will give you a really good head start about what is all going on in the ecosystem absolutely i think those are wonderful recommendations and neat recommendations so i'm glad that you mentioned those prakash uh thank you so much once again for making the time to speak to me before we wrap this up any last thoughts yeah so uh from a last thought perspective uh i think one thing that uh, we all have to learn uh, as a community is that uh, even though web3 is exciting like web3 is mm. not solution to everything right so like right absolutely um, before before starting off any sort of a product or a service in this particular industry uh, there needs to be a very honest conversation with your team also with yourself in terms of whether there is a need of web3 in this particular solution or not right and uh, absolutely and and also whether the time is correct to introduce this as a technology because uh, this in turn will make the space much more clearer and it will make space for those projects which are really adding value So yeah, I think these are the only things. And this is his good advice to close this particular episode. With thank you so much, Prakash, for making time to speak to me today. This has been a lovely conversation. Likewise, Trusha. Thanks for having me.